as is memory of Jared Orchen. Usually we learn now of Torahs, as of Torah series. But there is one part, a few parshas here and there that we never had a class about them. Then we will study the parsha of this week. This week we're going to learn, read in the synagogue two parshas, Matot and Masay. And we're completing the fifth, fourth book from the, book of, from the five books of Moses, the book of Numbers. Then today we will learn, for Matot, we have already a class. Anybody wants to know it, we'll go online. But, uh, but Masay, Parshat Masay, the last Parsha from the Book of Numbers, we never were learning about it. So we're going to learn about a specific verse in the Book of Masay, in the Parsha of Masay. And from there, we'll go maybe to other places too. Then we'll start with, the, with, this, with this line, but then we'll go, to other, we'll go to other places. We'll take you to a journey in the Bible to other places. On page 1099, we'll read one verse, and we'll go from there. 1099, number 38. You want to read? Mm -hmm. They journeyed from mm -hmm. Ulos and camped by Laya Halav, Arim, in the Moabite boundary. They journeyed from Ayam and camped in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ‫-הההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
Oh, no, no. What are you talking about? The Rosh Chodesh? Rosh Chodesh Av is going to be Monday. This Monday is going to be the Yorzeit from Aaron, the priest. Now, before I give you all the... I'll give you the bomb in the beginning. The only one in the Bible that his date of passing is written, the only one is Aaron. Moshe. Really? Well. He died and he lived and he was born on the same day. Six oh, yes, written. It's not written when he was born and not when he died. I have something to say. Not in the Bible. In the commentaries, in the Talmud, yeah. In the Bible, the only person that's written the day of his death is Aaron. And it's in this parasha, Parashas Masa. And we read it every year, right before his yard it's two seven, all organized in different ways. But the bottom line, Hashem led it that the Jewish people should read about Aaron's death, about his Yorzeit. Right? This Shabbos will be two days before his Yorzeit. The Shabbos before his Yorzeit. You know, in general, when people, when you, when you have a Yorzeit during the week, you get an Aliyah the Shabbos before, you make the Kiddush, it's always the Shabbos before. That couldn't be more appropriate than reading Parshas Masay about the Yorzeit of Aaron, the Shabbos before his Yorzeit. Then, why is it the only one in which we are <laughs> Why is it the only one? Why only Aaron? Why only Aaron's Yotzite? What's mentioned in the Bible? That's my question. <laughs> you give the answer. <laughs> he was first priest. And Moses was the first leader. Okay, Nikait. Big deal. Show us the. Okay, let's see about Aaron in general. Okay. The Jewish, the, is this the only place that Aaron's death is mentioned? No, Chukah. Parshas Chukah is beautiful. Yes. Here's another scholar. Beautiful. Very good. We're in Parshas Chukah. We'll go to Parshas Chukah. Oh, you even know where it is. You're, you're competing with them, boy. <laughs> I don't mind. I'll forgive you, but you know. <laughs> yeah, chapter 20 is right. It's page 999. Aaron's passing in Elazar's appointment. Because you find you told us where it is, you better hear that. Take your time. Nine, nine, nine. Okay. Read it from the top. They traveled from Kadesh, and the entire next generation of the congregation of the children of Israel arrived at the double mountain. God spoke to Moshe. It's interesting. They, do, they translated double. They said Oraha in English? Right. No. No. Well. Yeah. The other, the one we just But here in Hebrew, it's the same Oraharis. Here, here they translated Drabov Mountain. The, the commentator, when he came to Deuteronomy, they translated, he forgot what he said here in Hukas. Here he calls it the Double Mountain, there he writes Orahar. He doesn't say it's a Double Mountain. Maybe he relies on the commentary here that he should know. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. God spoke to Moshe and Aaron at the Double Mountain, at the border of the land of Adam, saying, Aaron will now be gathered to his people. 
You will not come to the land which I have given to the children of Israel because you defied my word at the waters of strife. Persuade Aaron, along with Eleazar, his son, to go up the mountain. Divest Aaron of his priestly garments and dress Eleazar, his son, with them. Then Aaron will be gathered in to his people and die there. Moshe did what God commanded him. They went up the double mountain in the presence of the entire congregation. Moshe divested Aaron of his priestly garments and dressed Eleazar, his son, in them. And Aaron died there on top of the mountain. Go ahead, continue. Then Moshe and Eleazar descended from the mountain. The whole congregation saw that Aaron had died and the entire house of Israel wept for Aaron for 30 days. That's a, that's a story, don't go anywhere. Then here is the original story that Aaron died. Moses, you can imagine three people go up the mountain. They don't tell anybody where they're going. They're going. The whole nation is watching how Moses, Aaron, and Raza go up on the mountain. A mountain on top of a mountain. Moses didn't go on the mountain. He didn't die. He was also died on a mountain, but not on a mountain on top of a mountain. And they go there, and they come back too. Two people come down. Three go up to come back. Where is Aaron? Died! was a huge shock for the Jewish people. Then first of all, Aaron was the only one saw his son taking over his job. Aaron was, every piece of clothing that was taken off from Aaron was put on his son. That Aaron saw how his son takes over. And Moses was actually, he said to God, I wish I would have the same thing, that my children will take over after me. Now, that was Aaron. And, the, and the, then when they came down, because the Jewish people had written, and the whole nation, the whole congregation, saw that Aaron died, that Aaron gava, gava means uh, expired, I would say. They mourned Aaron for 30 days. This is the original story. Then in our parsha, they had another part. They tell us the date. Is this the only place of the Terence that mentioned? Just that he will die earlier, but not that he no, has no, died. That he died? You're saying no, that he died. Moses wanted a death like Aaron. There is one more place that Aaron's death is mentioned. if I remember correct. Um, in Pasha's Akev, I remember um, it was, it was in, it's written that he died again in West on page 1183. 
1183, number six. Later on, you did another sin, which in my eyes was as bad as the golden calf. It was when, forty years later, Aaron died in Horhahar, and he was buried there. And Elazar's son was appointed as priest in his place. It's written a third time in the Torah that Aaron died. What is this big obsession with Aaron's death? Three times? Wasn't once enough? Why the Torah writes it three times? You see, something about Aaron in the Bible, he gets a treatment better than anybody in the world. What's unique about Aaron? First of all, the only one is written that, that is day, day, day of the Yotzite. His Yotzite is written in the Torah, the only one. And we think about is uh, the, the way the, 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 the were mourned, his death was mourned. The whole nation cried for him, right? What about Moses? When he died, who mourned for him? Some of them. Some. Let's see what's written. The end of the Torah, we read about the death of, of Moses. Moses died, right? When the, when the Torah was ending. That's when Moses died. It's on page 1365. Thirteen sixty-five, in top of the page. Top of the page. You want to read, Barry? Moshe, the servant of God, died there in the land of Moab by a kiss from the mouth of God. God buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Baiz Peor. No person knows the place of his burial to this day. Moshe was 120 years old when he died. His eye never dimmed, nor did moisture leave his body, even after he died. The men of Israel wept for Moshe in the plains of Moab for 30 days, and then the days of weeping over the morning of Moshe came to an end. Okay, here it's written, the men of Israel died, not the old congregation. Only the men died. Only the men mourned his death, not everybody else was another leader of the Jewish people in the desert. Who was it? Miriam. Miriam, right? How we know she was the third leader? The prophet who told this to us, I'll tell you soon in a minute. The prophet, um, we have it in the Torah from Parshat Balak, I think. Yeah, open page 1459. I'm sorry that I drive you crazy to turn the pages back and forth. It's good, it's good for the exercise of the fingers, for them. <laughs> beside the cell phones. Um, number 1459, number 4. Chapter 6, number 4. Oh, you can start from number 3. Um, My people, remember all the good that have I done for you, and how have I reared you to accept my yoke? Testify against me, for I brought you up out of the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from the house of your slavery, and I sent you great leaders, Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. Moshe, Aaron, and I sent you, I took you out from the land of Egypt, and I sent you great, three great leaders. That the prophet Micah, Micha, said it clear, straight, black and white. I sent you three leaders, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. 
Feminism, everything is good. Three leaders, two men, one woman. Even if it's two men and one, but it's already a big achievement. <laughs> then we had three leaders. That when Miriam died, that the Jewish people mourned them. Nothing. In Pasha's Chukas, right? In Pasha's Chukas, we read about Miriam's death. And we don't read anything about her, about her, it's written. And Miriam died, done. Well, they complained about the water, that's all. Why they complain about the water? It was her well. What means her well? How we know that was her well? Because it disappeared when she died. From this we know that was because of her. Beautiful. But it's a very odd thing because... Because? When she gets the uh, leprosy, they, they, they actually stop and they, will, they don't move for seven days. So they, there was a love for her. It's very strange that uh, we see such a discrepancy between the three leaders because um, she was beloved. Moses did not hesitate to do right away, even if he knew that after death he will die. He didn't create a committee, made a meeting, he went to do it. But the Jewish people did not want to go to war. It's written that Moses had to end them over to go to war. The moment they heard that Moses is going to die, they didn't want to go to, to, they didn't want to, go to war. Rashi says that, I think, you know, in Parshas Matos, one second. Um, but it doesn't. Um, they don't. They don't bring the the commentary that Rashi says. He says only it was ended over. But Rashi says it's not here in English. Rashi says, look the Jewish people. Four years before, what the Jewish people they were ready to do to Moses? What? Stone him. Here, the moment they hear that he's going to die, they don't want to go to war. They love them. There is more to it. First of all, the whole thing with stone him, you know, God told Moses later, you say about my children, they will stone you, go in front of them. I want to see you stoning you. Nobody stoning him. says, why are you speaking bad about my kids? I'm not stoning you. But they forget about not stoning him. They complain for years, right? But they didn't really mean it. The moment they hear that he's dying, they really love them. You know, there's a famous story about a rabbi. He had a woman outside his door, a little half. He used to curse him out in the worst curses. One day his wife tells him, What are you letting him curse her? He says, She doesn't mean it. Why do she doesn't mean it? He calls her in. He says, Would you want me to wish you that you should have a child like me? I'll give you a blessing. She says, Oh, Rabbi, I wish. He turns to his wife, You see, she doesn't mean it. <laughs> the point is, the Jewish people, the moment they heard, that Moses will die, they didn't want to go to war. Not only this, it's written, we'll go back to the same page you just read about Moses died, almost the same way. No, no, a little earlier, there is another thing about his death. That's written, yeah, on page 1353. 
Moshe is told to ascend Mount Nebo, to go to die, basically. On page 1353, go ahead. Okay. God spoke to Moshe in that very day saying, climb up the Avarite mountains here at Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, that is facing Jericho, and see the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel as a possession. Oh. Then die on the mountain upon which you are climbing and be gathered to your people, just as your brother Aaron. Very nice, right? Now, on the same page, we'll read the classic question. Are not the world on that very day superfluous? Superfluous. Lauren. For right there, the first classic question. Okay. Yeah, please read it. Concerning Noah, <coughs> scripture. Oh, scripture uses the phrase on that very day in three places that have the same implication. The, the word Be'etzem Ayom is written three times, written many more, but in three times have the same, the same meaning. Go ahead. Concerning Noah, it is written, on that very day Noah came into the ark, indicating that daylight was shining when he came in, for the people of his generation were saying, we swear that we will not allow him to enter the ark if we notice him. Furthermore, we will take axes to hold back Noah and sledgehammers to smash the ark. But God said, <clears throat> I will have him enter in broad daylight if anybody's hand is able to resist. Let him come and resist. The, the first place written by Etem Ayomazen this very day was in, in the story of the flood. They all said, we'll let Noah to go into the ark and hide himself. We will kill him. God says, go in the middle of the day. I want to. What God did, the Medrash says that God brought all the animals around the ark and nobody could touch Noah. The second time, number two. Concerning Egypt, it is written, it happened on that very day that God took the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. For the Egyptians were saying, we swear that we will not allow them to leave if we notice them. Furthermore, we will take swords and weapons of self-defense and kill them if need be. But God said, I will bring them out in broad daylight. If anyone is able to resist, let them come. Let him come and resist. Counter to popular belief that the Jewish people left Egypt in the middle of the night. It's not true. They left Egypt in broad daylight. The night, the night before was the, the, the killing of the first bomb. The smiting of the first bone, but it was a whole night. They were staying home until early morning. They were not allowed to leave the house until, until uh, dawn. That's what God told them before. In middle of the day, noontime, when the sun is shining, they left, they left Egypt. God said, I want to see what's going to stop you. And the third place is in this, is, is, is in this what he's talking about, Moses' death. Go ahead. Likewise here, concerning Moses' death, it is written, on that very day. For the Jewish people were saying, we swear that if we notice Moshe is going to die, we will not let him. He is the man who brought us out of Egypt. He split the reed sea for us. He brought the manna down for us. He made flocks of quails fly over to us. He brought up the well for us, and he gave us the Torah. We will not let him die. But God said, I will take him in broad daylight. Then the Jewish people didn't want to let him die. They loved him. Obviously, they were ready to fight with God. Even God said, so they said, we have a job. The Rebbe who once spoke about it, he says, they have, a, they have an obligation. Gratefulness and gratitude is a mitzvah, it's, it's in the Torah. They had such gratitude to Moses. They had an obligation to not allow him to die. What God needs to do, that's God's problems. We have to do everything in our power not to allow him to die. And because God 
sit where? You'll go up in the mountain, you'll die there. Obviously, it will stop him going up in the mountain. He will not die. They try to stop him. God says, I want to see you stop him. But he chose you to get it to the day to, to Moses. Like you said before, they love Moses. If they loved Moses, first of all, they didn't mourn for him like they mourned for him forever, right? Why didn't he mourn for him like, as much as he mourned for Aaron? Why, from, why, why people mourned Aaron more than they mourned Moses? I think they had more, Aaron had more contact with the people. Well, he played uh-huh. sort of a role both men and women with marriage and with um, And the Talmud tells us, yeah, that goes back to the same question, why Aaron, why Aaron's Yorzeit is mentioned, the only Yorzeit is mentioned, because the story is very strange. We said Aaron gave, because of uh, Miriam, they got water. Right? Because of Aaron, they got what? Peace. Clouds of glory. Clouds to protect them. And not a cloud of glory was more an entourage that gives, that gives a dignity to the Jewish people. Because of Moses, they got what? Manna. Manna. What's more important? An entourage or something to eat? <laughs> or water, drink? I better eat something, yeah. It's an entourage, it's a nice suit and a nice trick. Hasidim will run after you, are nice and fine. But if nothing to eat, it's a problem. That Moses gave the manna. Not only this. When Aaron died, why did he get the clouds of glory back? Because of whom? Because of, because of Moses. When Miriam died, who gave them the, the water back? Moses. Mo- right? Again Moses. Moses gave them everything. What did Aaron give them? Clouds of glory. <laughs> it's not, uh, don't, get, don't take it to the bank, you know? Moses gives them water. Uh, what's your name? Miriam gives them manna, uh, water. They don't mourn for them, for manna, for Miriam, not at all. For Moses, only the men, and not every all the men, only the scholars will go able to appreciate. And everybody loves them. And, and why the Torah writes his date of death? Because it was important for the Jewish people to know Aaron's Yorzeit. Obviously, they wanted to embed. Everybody came to Moshe. Moshe, Moshe, when is the Yorzeit? When is Aaron's Yorzeit next year? Which date is it? Moshe says, write in the Torah, I'm paying the Torah. Everybody <laughs> Then the Mishnah in Perkei Avot says, because Aaron was a vemitalmidav shel be from the disciples of Aaron. Love peace and pursue peace. Love people and bring them closer to the Torah. If you want the mission statement of Chabad, this is it. What Aaron did? Aaron was loving people. And the message goes in great details. How Aaron used to see two friends who were in a fight. He used to come to one and he told them, you know, your friend really is really regretting, he really loves you. Comes to the other friend, tells them the same lie. These two meeting each other, dogging each other, kissing each other, become best friend. The same thing in between husband and wife. Aaron's business was to go from tent to tent and ask people, do you need me to, I should teach you to how to read? Maybe you need help. Is there a problem in your family? You have a fight with your child? You have a fight with your husband? Every couple where the fight, Aaron won peace. More than that, Aaron said hello to every person. And people were afraid to be bad because next week they'll meet Aaron. And what do I need to tell them? Said, How are you, Aaron? I said, oh, I didn't see you all, all week in shoe. Where were you? What do I need to tell them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that they, that they, to begin with, they, when they knew, they knew 
you know, when the, when the Rebbe was alive, people were afraid to do the wrong thing because one day they're going to see the Rebbe. <laughs> you have to face him. And he might ask him, where, what, when? And even not ask him, just. The point is that the Jewish people, well, he was, they were in love with him. It's written when, when Aaron died, there were already 60,000 Jewish children in the camp, and the name was Aaron. Because every couple had a fight, separated, and then got together again, they had another child. What they named them? Aaron. <laughs> Aaron here. By every Aaron, you knew how many fights were in the Jewish people. You know, there's Baruch Hashem, a lot of fights. There was a lot of Aaron. That Aaron was the most beloved leader. Now, I mentioned that when I was speaking about a few Shabbos ago, I saw by the, by the Rebbe, they, they, inter, they interview people who met the Rebbe from many years ago. And in most of the interviews, you see, it's a, it's a inter, it's a, the, the audience of the Rebbe 60 years ago, 50 years ago. That's how old it goes back. Most of the people don't remember what the Rebbe exactly told them. They had a 20 minutes uh, audience, 10 minutes in. But you know what they remember? The compliment. And then the Rebbe told me that I am a nice boy or something, or whatever it was. But more than that, they remember how the Rebbe made them feel. I felt in the room, I was so uplifted. I left, I was so up optimistic and so upbeat and so enthusiastic and so on and on. Moses gave them bread. Miriam gave them water. But Moses gave them the biggest gift. Aaron, he gave them a good, he made them feel good about themselves. The Talmud tells us about the mitzvah of tzedakah, charity. You see a poor man, one mitzvah is to give him money, the other mitzvah is to say him nice things. I don't want to tell you that because people start to tell him nice things instead of giving money. But it's written that saying them words of encouragement is a bigger mitzvah than giving him the money. Anybody who gives the money is blessed with six blessings by God. If you tell them words of encouragement, good words, it's 11 blessings. You know why? Because the money tomorrow needs no money. If you tell them that it's good and it's going to be good and it's great and he can do it, these words will push him and carry him on for, for years. That's why words of encouragement, compliments, nice words, is more valuable than your money. All the studies show that people go are working in the working place that they choose is not where they're getting the biggest salary, it's where they're being appreciated. All the studies show it again and again. Because even if you get a lot of money, if you wake up in the morning and you're thinking about going to, the, going to, to, uh, to work and you're being, you're being insulted and skimmed off, you don't want to go. You don't need it. If you don't, want to look for, you don't look forward to go to work, you don't go to work. You rather get a little less and go to a place you're being appreciated. That was Aaron giving to the Jewish people. But how we know that Aaron was now number two? Aaron was Oevet Abriot. He loved, you know, he loved. You know the word Briot in Hebrew means. The first part of the Mishnah is Oev Shalom Verodev Shalom, loves peace and pursues peace. Pursue peace means you go to make sure to make peace with people, even if you are right and he's wrong. You apologize. That's what it means to pursue peace. I'm right. 
If you're wrong, for sure you have to apologize. What's the question? There's no discussion about that. Even if you are right and he's wrong, go and apologize and make it work. Oh, that nobody likes that. Yeah. That's what it's all about. But more than that, the second part of the Mishnah is, he loves the briot. Briot means creatures. Creatures means he's a creature of God. The only good compliment I can say about them that he was created by God. There is a Talmudic story. Think about Rabbi Elazar, the son of Rabbi Shemarai. I think that he was once met a person who looked very, was very ugly. But he asked him, why are you so ugly? <laughs> Obviously, the Rabbi once spoke about the story. He said he was ugly. It was not just a physical thing. He was probably ugly spiritually. You know what that guy told him? The ugly guy. The ugly guy. What answer? He said, he said, "Say it to my creator." God created me. Go, go to my, to my, to the guy, to the one who performed, who created me, um, to my, to, to my maker. Go to God. Then he ran after him to apologize, and this it was a whole story now. Briot is a guy that the only good thing you can say about him is <laughs> created by God. I mean, he might be the worst human being, but God created him. Obviously, he has a reason. Aaron loved the briot. Not just the, the, the nice people. You know, people say, oh, I have guests in my house for Shabbos. Yeah, who you have for guests? Your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> what a mitzvah. <laughs> I knew a guy. He told me his father told him, and his father did it. He said, 770 was a big thing, and Chabad Senegal, so nice. He's huge, thousands of thousands of people. He told him, you stay Friday night, the latest, and everybody's gone. And you look for the people that nobody invited them to their home, and you invite them. Yeah, yeah, that's the people you want to invite. I mean, the people that everybody loves to be. You know, when you when you have sometimes a Friday night dinner, you're making sitting sitting arrangements, right? The people tell you, I want to sit with this guy. A lot of people tell you, this guy. Then there is some people who tell you, I want to sit people that nobody wants to sit with. I'll sit with. That's Oevet Apuyot, loving the creatures, people that nobody wants to be around. And brings them closer to the Torah. Here is a big lesson. Why I said before the Chabad statement, I'll tell you why. The Rebbe used to say it many times. Not, there is two ways to, to bring people close to the Torah. One way is to bring the Torah close to them. The other way is to bring them close to the Torah. What's the difference? If you bring the Torah to the people, Work. Or you bring the people to the Torah. You don't have to work for it. What's the difference? Can anybody explain it? The Mishnah says, bring them closer to the Torah. And the Rabbi is to say, the way it's written, there is a message there. Bring them closer to the Torah, not the Torah closer to the people. They're coming in their own free will. Yeah. Obviously. What, is to, what would be the way to bring the Torah to the people? Reduce, you might be reducing it down, you might be worried. Bringing the Torah to the people means to water down the Torah to the people. Oh, you don't have to do this, you don't have to do this. No, just do this. We're we not obligated anymore to do A, B, C, and D. Bringing the people closer to the Torah means elevating them. Not bringing down the Torah, elevating the people. How much? It's up to everyone to his level. 
but you bring him closer to the Torah. That's the last, that's Aaron, that's in the Mishnah. But we're in the Bible, we see that Aaron was actually a man of peace. We're in the Bible, we see it. Where is it written? Doesn't he carry the, um, the staff to stop the plague? Moshe has him. Stop the plague? Which, the, the staff? The staff, the, the serpent uh, staff or something. Yeah, the serpent, I think, was Moses created a serpent. He, yes, the but wasn't it Mo yeah. Aaron the who carried the around? The what? The almonds. Wasn't it? The almonds was about peace. Wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't it It's tough to prove that he has almonds, that he's the high priest. We is showing that he made peace, that he was a man of peace. Golden calf? The golden calf, my friend. That sounds counterintuitive. You're right, it sounds crazy. Right. He placated the people. He gave them what they wanted. He gave them what they wanted. The Tanwander, that's terrible. Oy vey. He made them book him. He allowed to worship a golden calf. Well, he told them to bring their gold. He told them to bring, yeah. He was turned off. Not yeah. thinking they would do it. No. I know, and he tried into the fire, right? <laughs> and you're right. He, obviously, Aaron didn't want to do it. But what he was, when there was the choice between fighting with the people, and worshiping idols, he chose the people. Well, they killed. Um, yeah. They killed who? Choice. What does he have no choice? He had the choice to be killed. Okay, no, more than that. He didn't have to be killed. He just didn't have to say, do whatever you want. I'm not going to be he, a part he of it. And he wasn't afraid to be killed because he was not afraid of his own skin, obviously. Aaron was not. He, he chose to take the blame. But more than that, he chose not to ever fight with the people. It was a question of God or the people. Understand what is happening here? He chose the people. Who else chose? Moses later came in with a... It's written more clear about Moses. Moses came down with the, with the, with the, with the two tablets. If he delivers the tablet, the Jewish people deserve that because it's written in the tablet, do not worship idols. Modern had a split second dilemma. You know, when you're in the army, you walk, you don't have time to think. It's a machine. The God, the tablets, or the people? You smash the tablets. There is a, in there is a book, it's called Tonot Velio. The book of what Elijah the prophet used to come to a rabbi and reveal to him secrets from the Torah. And he wrote it down. That in this book it's written, Elijah said there is a dilemma, what came first? The Torah or the Jews? So to speak, who is more important? And Elijah says, and I say, that the Jewish people come first. Because in the Torah it's written, speak to the children of Israel, tell the children of Israel, order the children. If the children of Israel are not around, who's going to observe the Torah? Basically, the Jews come first. Aaron chose the Jews come first, and Moses did the same thing. Even that Moses was angry with Aaron, why you did the golden cave? What's going on here? And Aaron, in Moses in Deuteronomy says that God wanted to destroy Aaron because of the golden calf. This is the place in the Bible that we find that Aaron was a man of peace. I don't find another place. You have another place. Then there is one more place that he stopped the plague. Remember the story? Sure. Yeah. In the Pinchas. No, 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 not in Pinchas. Pinchas stopped the plague of Pinchas. 
What did he broke? Well, the incense. Well, the incense. Where does the story not the pinchas? That's a korach. Korach. In Pasha's korach, the Jewish people for the fifth time on the same day looks like they complained, and it started a plague. That Moses told them, take the incense, run among run among the the people, and stop the plague. Aaron, stop the plague. And the Medish puts it in an unbelievable way. He says, he stopped the angel, the angel of death. The angel of death told him, I'm doing the mission of God. He told him, I'm doing the mission of Moses, Aaron tells him. <laughs> but then the, the angel of death asked him, who is bigger? Who is greater, God or Moses? What's going on here? But Aaron tells him, listen, God and, God and Moses are in by the, at the front of the tent of the mount, right by the door. Let's go and we'll have a discussion. <laughs> that was the end of the play. Yeah, but it is a result of... Uh you know, his indulgence of the people with the golden calf, so many thousands of people were killed. Yeah, they but what? suffered and died. How I many mean, people? 3,000. 3,000. Yeah, but God still, I mean, the three Levites had to, to, to... No, if, what would be, and what would be if Aaron wouldn't do it? The whole nation would worship idols. Right. Not 3,000, everybody. Right, but the point is, he, he could have stopped. He couldn't. The, the Medrash tells us, who? You ever heard about Mr. Who? Mr. Who was um, Miriam's son. It's two, two times in the Bible where there's a guy with the name Who. He's not famous. You ever heard about Mr. Who? Mr. Who is in the beginning. He holds up Moses' hands. The first time we read right, about him, right, right, Moses. Right. right? The second time we read about him, when when Moses went up on temple on the Mount Sinai for 40 days, he turns to the people, he says, anybody has a question, should ask Aaron and who? The last time we heard about who? What happened to who? The Talmud says, he was the first one, they came to him, so let's make an idol. Who said, are you crazy? Moses is coming back, they killed him. Aaron saw that if he will be harsh with them, he'll get nowhere. That he tried to, Aaron tried to, to buy time. Aaron says, bring the gold from your wife, from your, with the women. Women don't separate from gold so fast. He said, don't take time. <laughs> it's called separation anxiety. <laughs> Jews, in general, Jews in general have separation anxiety, comes to mind. It was, it was a man. Then what happened? The women didn't give the gold. The men gave their own jewelry. They brought it to Aaron, he had no choice. He created it. He says, until the morning, he said, he said, tomorrow we'll self will do it. Tomorrow we'll make the party. Guess what? They didn't go to sleep. In another occasion, they slept late. When was it? Forty days before the giving of the Torah Moses had to wake them up, right? Got it to wake them up. A big sound of the shower, everybody was tired. You know, it's like your children during the week when you need them to go to school. You cannot wake them up. Saturday morning, Shabbos, they are up five o'clock in the morning, dancing on your head. <laughs> the only day of the year. You know, once I remember many years ago, somebody asked me, Rabbi, what do you do Shabbos with a, with a, you cannot set up your alarm clock. I looked at him, I said, I have six alarm clocks, boy. <laughs> I have six kids. I need, the guy was completely off the wall. I needed an alarm clock Saturday morning. I was up before dawn. This guy, this guy. By the time I came to shoot, it was like a half a day gone already. <laughs> <laughs> then Moses, Aaron was a man of peace. And because he was a man, even if it was golden calf, you're right. That's why, you know, last week you learned the story of Pinchas. Pinchas stopped the plague, right? 
Beautiful. And the plague of Pinchas was bigger than the plague from Mount Sinai. There, only 3,000 people died. Pinchas, they also worshipped idols. What is the story of Pinchas? The daughters of Moab came out, seduced the boys, and they made them worship idols. That they worshipped idols at the beginning of the four years, they worshipped idols at the end of the four years. Our Pinchas stopped the plague. Not like, not like Aaron, with incense, with love. Pinchas came and killed two people, the plague stopped. The Jewish people never forgave Pinchas. Even more, God came and said, I give him the, peace, the, the covenant of peace. And, the, and the God says, Pinchas ben Elozo ben Aaron, the son of Elozo, the father of Aaron. And Rashi says, why we need to say the son of Elozo? Because the, you know the Jewish people told them? You're a grandson of Aaron. We, remember, we know your grandfather. He never, he never did such things. How come he got the priesthood then? Oh, that God had to prove, God had to testify that he did it for the right reason. Now, there is something very interesting here. Aaron worshipped idols, right? When he became high priest, before he worshipped idols? Before he did the idols, not worshipped idols. Before he created the golden calf or after? Before. After. Usually, a Kohen, you know, the law is that a Kohen who is worshipping, is serving in idol worshipping house. Well, let's say he needs a job. <laughs> he goes to idol. He cannot serve in the temple later. Aaron, after creating the golden calf, became a high priest. Obviously, also for the, for the sake of God. With Pinchas, we see a similar thing. Pinchas, you know, when God made Aaron the high priest, he says Aaron and his sons will be priests, coins, and anybody will be born later. Pinchas was born earlier. Pinchas was the only grandson that was born before God said that Aaron and his sons will be priests. Pinchas fell between the cracks. He wasn't a Kohen in the beginning. It was Aaron and his four sons, and anybody will be born. Now, because he killed Zimri and Cosby, God gave him the priesthood, the gift of priesthood. He made him a priest. Again, the interesting thing is, is Jewish law says that a Kohen who killed a person cannot go up and cannot serve in the temple, even if he killed him for self-defense. His end are with blood. We don't blame him. We don't hurt him. He did a big mitzvah, but to the ten, he cannot come up and serve in a basic congregation because from his end came blood. We said anything about the temple, for example, the, the, the altar, right? The altar cannot be touched by metal. Why? Because metal is made to kill, and the altar is made to prolong life. It cannot be together. More than that, the soldiers in Israel, the Israeli soldiers, it's a big discussion, a lot of writing about it. Can they come later in the show and there's a congregation? A coin with a soldier? Then they say, you know, when people show, they don't say, well. but if he had a bigger personal fight in Gaza, <laughs> and it ended up by the other guy being gathered to his people, then, then, then uh, he will have a problem. There's a lot of discussion. Some rabbi says it's okay, he can still go. We don't blame him, don't get me wrong. A coin who goes to a cemetery will have to be sprinkled before he can enter the temple. He has to go to the cemetery, let's say for his mother or for his father, but it's not a contradiction to the temple, he cannot go. A high priest on the way to the Holy of Holies, if he sees a mess mitzvah, a dead body that nobody is there to take care of him, he has an obligation to take care of him, then he cannot enter the Holy of Holies. Not because you cannot do another thing, means you did, you did a mitzvah, but you cannot do the other thing. 
פנחס, after killing זמרי, got a gift of priesthood. Obviously, it was a good thing. You understand what I'm saying? Aaron got the gift of priesthood after he was involved in the, in the golden calf. Pinchas was, was, got the gift of priesthood after he killed uh, Zimri. It's all based on intent, apparently. But only God knows intent, nobody else. What, what I mean to say is, then Pinchas bought, the Jewish people said, we remember your grandfather, he was a nice guy. Where, coming, where is this coming to you? You know what they told them? Pinchas said another grandfather, Jethro. They told them that's coming from the from Jethro side, from Midian. It's not coming from Aaron. We know, we know Aaron better. He's not doing such things. Therefore, God had to come. Pinchas, hey, Pinchas ben Elozo ben Aaron. No, it's coming from the Aaron side. But, you know, it's like a, whenever the child doesn't behave, the, the, the wife tells her husband, that comes from your side of the family. <laughs> now, from my side, no, they were all my brothers, one nice kid. And be, it's coming from your side of the family. That's, that's, that's Pinchas. But Pinchas himself, God testified for him it was not good for the Jewish people. There is a story in the book of Joshua. Actually, it's connected to this parasha too. You know, in this parasha there is a story about Reuven and God, two tribes, came to Moses and told Moses, we don't want to cross the Jordan. We rather stay on the other side of the Jordan because it's better for business, right? Listen, you understand business? Everybody understands business. Well, Moses was disappointed, but... But they did agree. Oh, yeah. yeah, they went. Moses was disappointed in them. Then he said, they said, we're going to fight for the Jewish people. All good and fine. Then Moses told them, you will be... be Moses said, we'll give them the land to the tribe of God and Reuven and a half of the tribe of Menashe. They never asked for to be on the other side of the Jordan. Why God gave them... Why Moses told them to stand on the other side of the Jordan? The half of the tribe. What's the point? So that, so that they were united on both sides. Why Menashe? Why not? Because Menashe would be Many scholars came tribe. from Menashe tribe. Right. Maybe, but that's not the reason. What? Well, because they, were, they would try to help, they would keep the Jewish people. They, they were very inspired. They were fiery kind of people that they would kind of keep. Why Menashe? Menashe from Yosef. Yosef. So, how we know that Menashe were the people, were the right people to put on the other side of the job? Many scholars came out from Menashe. No, that's not the reason. Maybe, but that's not the they reason. They kept the Yiddish guide. Now you know that? Here's this reason. Because, were you there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. We <laughs> know from Yosef that when he was in Egypt, that he maintained everything. Eh, why, 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 why Menashe? No. That's a good question. I know. <laughs> what we bless our... our Sons on Friday night because and Friday then we should give a few for Ephraim. Why not Menashe? Because, because Ephraim and Menashe were the two siblings who maintained their Jewishness. Even in Egypt, yes. Good, but why Menashe? Particular, not Ephraim. Why Menashe? You know it. I mean, you can't come up with it. Let's put it this way. What do you anything you remember Menashe for the last few parishions? Menashe, 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 Menashe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sisters. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
that the tribe of Menashe were known for loving the land. That Moses says, I need a half of the tribe of Menashe, the Sochnut Shlichim, to be in the other side of the Jordan, to keep, it, to keep the fire going. Now listen, they entered the land of Israel, everybody was settled, the tribe of Menashe was there. One day, the Jewish people heard that the people in, in the other side of the Jordan, in the book of Joshua, chapter 10, if you know better than me, I don't know where it is, then they build a monument, like an altar, I think, they build an altar. So the Jewish people said, oh, the chutzpah, they're building an altar on their own, they, don't, they forget about Israel, they want to create their own business, our own temple, let's go to war with them. They were so angry with them, they want to go to war. So they said, we first will send Elazar, the high priest, to find out what's going on there. Elazar went with all the legation to check out, and they asked him, why you build your own altar? They said, God forbid, we don't want to forget of Israel. This is a way to remember Israel, to always long for Israel. That Elazar saved the Jews from a war. Only then when Elazar bought peace between the Jewish people, only when he really walked in the footsteps of his grandfather Aaron, only then the Jewish people forgive him for what he did when he was 17 years old or 15 or 13 years old. But who? Elazar. Elazar. He killed, he killed him when you forgot. Oh, it's Pinchas' name. I'm sorry, Pinchas. Sorry, I said Elazar. I'm sorry. Pinchas was sent to, to check out, it's not Elazar, erase it. It's Pinchas. Pinchas sent, went to, to the other side of the Jordan to see what's going on, and he may save the Jews from a war between the Jews, between the two, from a civil war between the Jews on this side of the Jordan and the Jews on the other side of the Jordan. Only then the Jews forgive Pinchas for not, for, for killing, to, they, only then when he proved that he's a man of peace, they were able to say that the reason why he killed Zimri was from the, from the right side. Why? Because I want to tell you something. When you give somebody a hog, even if it's for the wrong reasons, but if you hurt somebody, you better be sure 100% that you did it only for the sake of God, not because you want to hurt them, not because you want to insult them. You were so upset that God's name was desecrated. That's the only reason why you did it. And on a regular day, you love the guy, you lend him money, you help him to move his house, you do for him everything. You know, people sometimes, they walk to show, you know the guys never show the shushas? Shh, shh, shh. Yeah. If it would be a law that you're not allowed to shush and show, half of the show wouldn't show up. <laughs> All the shushas wouldn't come. <laughs> Why? Because some people, officially it's in the name of God, but they enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. By us, thank God, it's nothing. You know, there is in every synagogue, the person who reads from the Torah, there is like five guys who, who are very enthusiastic to correct them. Here it's nothing. In a regular auto the show, it's like a, it's like, and that's the sport of the day. You know, like other people go play golf, they cannot play golf on Shabbos, right? They come to show to, to be waiting for the from the cousin. Oh, okay, Chashuv, no! Everybody's screaming from all sides. Remember, I took my my son Mandy, and he was bar mitzvah. He made his, he had a bar, he, I made for him a little bar mitzvah in Israel because my father was sick; he couldn't come to America. He was reading the Torah. You know, I was already so long here. I, 
Then he said one word was not perfect. You had to hear the whole <laughs> So what is this? What kind of a map is this? If you tell them they're not allowed to correct them, they're going to another show. <laughs> it's all about Oef Shalom, Perodef Shalom. Love peace and pursue peace. Oef it are loving people, regular creatures, and bring them closer to the Torah.